0: Hey, good evening, pop fans. It's Bill from Pop Fan Rivalry with my co-host for the, the weekly review because it's Thursday night. What do we got to film, Jackson? We got to film the weekly review, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: we were on a week hiatus for the all-star break.
0: Yeah, sometimes you we're just got to take a little take a little time to yourself. They had an all-star break. We had an all-star break. Okay. So um, lots of things going on in the pop fan world. Lots of exciting announcements coming up. Starting in August, um, first of all, starting in August, the YouTube channel will be activated Um, again. You'll be able to see three different videos per week on there. Um, Our first guest has already been announced or already agreed to it, and I will announce it on a later podcast. But um, our first guest is a female, and she comes from the New York area. So you can probably, by process of elimination, know who that is. Uh, We got a lot of fun stuff going and also we've got we've launched our t-shirts, we've got our hats, we've got plenty of fun merchandise, but don't pay full price for it. Use the discount code. Jackson, I can't think of a discount code that they should use. It, give me a discount code. I just I can't think of one.
1: I mean, code Jackson's probably the most reliable one we got. Probably code Jackson. Yeah, capital letter Jackson. Never just goes like Reggie. Fine.
0: Right. So so there you go. So we're using code Jackson. All right. Weekly review, it's back into things. Jackson, tell me what you got. Start me out. What's going on?
1: Uh, I'm going to be my Braves homer to kick off, and let's just talk about probably you're, – you're probably going to refute this because Freddie Freeman's pretty hot, but the hottest hitter in July is Austin Riley in Atlanta. He's on an absolute tear. Ten home runs, 21 RBIs this month. He's hitting 413 with an 859 slugging percentage. He's kind of carrying Atlanta throughout the month. I, I mean, in my eyes, he's a top three MVP candidate in the national league. You could you argue. Me. I mean
0: he, he's, he's hard filled, to argue with.
1: He's filled a Freddie Freeman sized hole in that lineup. I yeah. mean, and he he's one of the exciting guys to watch. He he's one of those guys, if you watched him a couple of years ago, prototypical power hitter, can't hit a breaking ball to save his life. But now he's he's everything you could want. Hits the other way. He's patient. You know, content with driving the ball through the gap, driving the ball through the other side of the infield. He's got that that home run pop, you know, when he gets a hold of one, he gets a
0: hold of one. Well, he's a big dude. And when he gets a hold of one, he's learned how to hit the curveball, like you said. Yeah. I'm not going to refute it with the exception that Freddie Freeman has hit. I think it's 513 over the last 14 or 15 games, right? So yeah. they're both the hottest hitters on the planet, right? Not and, There's no one pitcher that wants to face either one of these cats no. right now. No, sir. So good call, good pickup for the first one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into Flushing's Queens, and I'm gonna talk because it just ended last night. I'm gonna talk the Yankees Mets series. A lot of interesting things happened there. Obviously, the Mets won both games. A lot of interesting things happened in that, and it was a playoff atmosphere. And you watched both the Yankees and Mets do very well, but also make a, a, a mistake here or there. And so it'll be interesting to see how the Yankees fair in October with what I saw this weekend and I had a bunch of like I put up on the top fan Instagram site I put up a Yankees or Mets thing you know who do you you know who do you want in this situation yada 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 and I you know I had one or two people give me some feedback so I want you know the Yankees you know and I said no 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 as a Dodger fan you want the Mets because you want the best record in baseball so you have home field advantage throughout the playoffs and so Yankees-Mets was an amazing series. Did you catch any of it, Jackson? Did you watch any of it? Uh, a little bit, yeah. It was, <clears throat> it was an amazing um, series. It was fun to watch, So especially the walk-off last night.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was good quality baseball. I think it highlighted the strengths of both teams, uh, especially the New York Mets, what they've been good at this year, which is you know just finding a hit when they need to. They have a lot of really good guys that are good at putting the ball in play. And that's what their strength has been. And, you know, as long as they can get to Edwin Diaz, they seem the bullpen seems like it's competent enough. If they can bridge the gap to Edwin Diaz, it's pretty much game over. He's one of those – he's having a great year. He struck out like almost 90 batters in like 40 innings or something stupid like that. Yeah, what
0: was interesting too was the – what kept catching my eye too was how much the Yankees are relying on that big bat number two, you know, number two hole number 99 in your programs, number one in your heart, Aaron judge. I, you know, the Yankees have a lot of good bats with Matt Carpenter with, um, with, uh, Anthony Rizzo, but they rely on that big bat and, and being a Dodger fan through some years where we relied on the the long ball, that doesn't get you far in October. I hate to say it it just doesn't get far in October.
1: I mean, it's an interesting debate. Uh, they, you know, they, they push the article out. You know, the team that out homers, the other team in the playoffs wins ninety percent of the time. It's just, you know, it's really heartbreaking when you lose that ten percent of the time because your team can't can't get the big hit. You know, you you hit two solo home runs and you lose three to two. But yep. you know, it's it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch some of these teams. The trade deadline is going to be very interesting. I, I have some more I want to talk about that in a minute, but perfect. Yeah,
0: you know, so. So what do you got in your number number two slot? That was my number one slot: Yankees, Mets.
1: Uh, I just mean the trade deadline: who's available, who's not available. Uh, I mean, the Nationals are demanding rightfully a king's ransom for Juan Soto. I don't mm-hmm. care what people say; Juan Soto is worth at least three top prospects and maybe one or two major league, like established major league young players. Just because, how many times you're going to be able to add a, a guy of his caliber to your lineup? And there's only a couple teams that can afford them. And surprisingly, I don't think it's going to be the Yankees or the Dodgers because they're so good at developing their talent, and they don't like to, they don't like to give away their talent.
0: I agree because with it, you.
1: It has, it has bit them in the butt a couple of times. The Dodgers especially have trades, you know, given away Jordan Alvarez, you know, it was one of the most recent trades to come to mind. You know, that's fresh on the GM's mind. But I think an interesting team at the trade deadline is going to be the Angels.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: because The Angels, despite their record, have some pretty good players on the roster that might be available from El Iglesias to Noah Syndergaard to maybe Shohei Ohtani. I know the general manager said he doesn't want to trade him. I know Artie Moreno doesn't want to trade him because he gets butts in the seats. But I think if you're the angels, you seriously consider trading Shohei Ohtani to get it, you know, a Juan Soto level ransom. Some If some team's willing to pay that much for a two-way, he's worth two players. Yeah. He's an elite hitter. Yeah. He's an elite pitcher. So,
0: well, well, and especially with the news that came out about Mike Trout, this week which uh, by the way if this ever gets to mike mike i my heart goes out for you i can't imagine the mental game that you're going through as well as the emotional game but i i i agree with you i listen get him because the angels aren't going to afford to pay him so get something for him before he becomes a free agent mike trout's got that huge contract and he may not be able to physically play it out yeah right I mean,
1: it kind of sounds like his days in the outfield might be over and he might have to switch to a, more of a full time DH role, mm-hmm. you know, just to be able to be in the lineup. And it, it, it's an unfortunate thing injuries, but, you know, it's one of those trade deadline dynamics you got to look at. I mean, obviously, there's teams like the Cubs and Oakland who are cleaning out, but it's like the Angels need to sit there and evaluate. And it, I think most Angels fans would agree with me that, like, the season's pretty much lost at this point. So you need to cut your losses. And Otani's value is at an all time high.
0: Yeah, right absolutely. Absolutely. He the last time I was at the stadium uh was gosh, it was late May. And I saw more Shohei jerseys than I did trout jerseys on people's backs. He's just he draws fans. And the baseball, the average baseball fan wouldn't understand that trade. The baseball purists like you and I, or understanding the game, like you and I understand this game, um we understand why you would trade it. Right. It makes total sense. And why you would trade. You got to. You got to get something for him because when he goes into that free agency market, they are not going to pay that that dollar amount for him. If they do, that's great. I, go get it, yeah. Shohei. But he's going to be in the Bronx. He's going to be in Flushing's. He's going to be in LA. You know, he may be a Cardinal. Somebody's yeah. going to pay him, but it's not going to be the Angels.
1: Yeah. I think, I know we're kind of dwelling on this point for a bit, but like, I think like the Cardinals are an interesting trade partner for both Soto and Otani just because, you know, you can get one or two controllable guys, you know, you can get a Nolan Gorman and a Dylan Carlson or two, you know, fairly established major league players at this point, like Nolan Gorman looks really solid, lefty bat, great infielder can play all around the diamond. Dylan Carlson can play all outfield positions and you can get one or two, like mid to high level prospects from the Cardinals that are still pretty good. Cardinals have a good farm system. Yeah. So it's really, no, I... it's really something to consider. And I think, uh, you know, this is one thing in modern baseball that, you know, I kind of embrace is like the analytics, you know, like the you know, in the olden days, you hold on to your star because you're loyal to your star. But nowadays, it's more of like you have to put a winning product on the field. And sometimes it requires making the tough decision
0: to it's blow it up. The business of baseball, Jackson. Yep. And it's what sucks, but it's what keeps you going because it keeps winning teams on the field. Right. Yep. So a good number two pull. I love it. Here, here you go. You ready for my number two pool? Yeah. AL East. Who is now in fourth place in the AL East? Oh, the
1: them ba- them Baltimore, Baltimore Orioles. Orioles. Who would have saw that coming, Jackson? I mean, they're I mean, above, they're they're above five hundred.
0: They are. They're fifty and forty nine. I think they won today, or was it yesterday they, that they, they a, played a, tonight? No, they won today. They won. Yeah, against Tampa Bay, which is. Well, oh yeah, I'll did. bring that up later. But it's it's interesting because these rookies. So nobody's paying attention to the Orioles, right? It's always Boston, it's always New York, it's Toronto now, right? In Tampa Bay, nobody's paying attention to these guys. They're outside of the Dodgers, who have had a pretty good July, of the Orioles, and nobody's paying attention to it. And they're now in fourth place, and they're beating up on teams that are in front of them. Well, it's so. It's I hate to say it, but I'm kind of I'm ready to go out and buy an Orioles hat. I'm an O's fan. It, it's fun to watch a bunch of these guys win that you don't expect to see win. Right. Yeah. I mean,
1: and I think Baltimore is a good example of that. They, they realized their window was up. They cut their losses. You know, they ate the big contracts. They, they traded who they could. And now they have that good young core coming up. You know, it's been a painful three years for them, but like there, it looks like they're ahead of schedule. <laughs> and funnily enough, they might be aggressive at the trade deadline and try to get a pitcher like Pablo Lopez, which would be, Crazy, you know, if they could swing a trade like that from Miami, to get. Like I a
0: actually, goodness. I actually have a very unpopular opinion with some Dodger fans, but I think that Juan Soto would be great in an Orioles uniform. Keeps him in the East. He becomes the face of the franchise. Um, you got one big contract there to teach some of these young kids. I think he'd be great, and oh, but it's yeah. also cross town rivalry, so I don't know that that would happen. I mean.
1: I can see it happening. I know Baltimore was aggressive in pursuing Carlos Correa. Mm. So they, they definitely want to, they want to spend money. They want to win. Um, and, you know, them Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. You now they're catching up on Tampa Bay too. They, they might be in third place soon. Yeah. so
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that in my kind of last honorable mention, which you and I will get into back and forth, but what do you got for number three?
1: Number three. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about a trade today. I mean, it's the first the first domino to fall. You know, it's kind of like my, my, my pre-trade deadline view.
0: Okay. I,
1: you know, I was thinking of writing a full-on article. I still might. So you guys might see one it up maybe early next week. Maybe not. Perfect. Love it, love it. Don't, don't hold me to it. <laughs> but okay. um, Andrew attending to the Yankees. Yes. I think that's a great compliment for that lineup. Uh, you know, he's a contact hitter, gets on base. Like you said, they rely on Judge to get, like, the, the big home run. And I think it's what they're really missing is kind of just like an on base guy to, you know, get on and, you know, pressure the pitchers. So, you know, they can have a different approach at the plate rather than just trying to swing for the fence because, you know, chicks did the long ball, but, you know, doubling teams to death usually wins you games. You know, you string three, four doubles together. It's just, it's a backbreaker to most pitching staffs. So I think it's the first of many dominoes to start falling. Um, The Yankees are in on everyone still, you know, pitch guys like Luis Castillo, Shohei Otani, Juan Soto. It's going to be a crazy, crazy deadline. And I think it's going to make the playoffs and the, like, the stretch run really exciting.
0: Yeah. No, it is. it is. And honestly, Jackson, you nailed it. That was one of mine on my list. I think the, or the Yankees going after Ben and Terry says, hey, we're in it to win it. We see the slide that we've been making, but we're in it to win it this year. Like, let's not screw around this year. So... You know, and and best record in baseball right now belongs to the Dodgers and Yankees. And you know, if you would have said that three weeks ago, best record would have belonged to the Yankees by like six games. So, yeah. they they made some moves. I, I like that. I like that. Are you ready for my number three? Being yes, a Dodger sir. guy, you ready yeah. for my number three? Who is in the worst tailspin of all baseball right now, and it doesn't oh. break my heart?
1: <laughs> you know, Anastasia said. Go on the podcast tonight and tell them that the Giants suck. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anastasia's Jackson's wife, by the way, for Utah fans listening to this, um, I I can't believe it, Jackson. I I literally with that lineup that they, I, and now listen, they struck gold last year. Let's be honest. I mean, some of those guys were having career years. They weren't yeah. just having a year. They were having career years. But honestly, who would have thought of this slide? I mean, they're below 500. They're getting beat by the Diamondbacks. Like, they're getting their tail feathers handed by the Diamondbacks. And so, all things considering and all things real, the Giants have got to figure it out quickly because not only are they losing their spot in the West, I think they're 16 and a half games out now with, I don't know, like 65 left to play or something. Some, Some pretty crazy things have to happen for them to win the division. Um but they're losing their spot in the wild card, Jackson. Yeah. I mean it's I, it's bad. It's bad. I mean, yeah,
1: the Phillies. I mean, obviously I think the Braves have the stranglehold on that first wild card spot. It's gonna be the Braves and the Mets in that spot no matter what. But you know, Padres pretty much have a stranglehold in that second spot. That third spot's pretty much up for grabs, and it looks like the Phillies are the, the team in the National League that really want it. And then it's the Cardinals hanging around well, there. But I I don't think that the giants are better than any of those teams ahead of them um and it, it begs the question the same question as the angels you know after this do you consider selling at the deadline you have some attractive pieces you have a jock peterson on a one-year contract with an opt-out carlos rodon uh mm-hmm. he's also on a one-year contract with an opt-out mm-hmm. so you know you could get a good haul for you know a cy young award candidate left-handed pitcher Rodon, who could pitch really well and you know the giants general manager he's He's pretty savvy, so I'd expect him, you know, if he's if he is going to sell, to kind of more, like, retool. Like yeah. you said, you know, they overperformed last year, and I don't think, as a Giants fan, as weird as it's – just listen to the Braves fan, I don't think it's panic. Yeah. You know, you, you overperformed last year. This year has been a little tougher. You know, you just kind of retool, rebuild, and get back to it next year. Everything's – their future looks bright. They still have a lot of really good – Outfield prospects, really good infield prospects coming up. So you know they'll they'll be able to put it together.
0: I agree with you. The future looks bright. I don't agree with you. The future looks bright for them this season.
1: No, no, not this season. I'm not saying this season. I'm I'm talking like two, three years. They're yeah. going to be perfectly fine.
0: Well, as as you know, as a Dodger fan, I say boo. But right now, I'm happy with them being out and and the way how far they're back. I'm just looking it up as you were talking. They are in the division. They're <laughs> they're 48 and 50. As of Thursday night, folks, so this could change by the time you hear it on Saturday, um, but they're 17 and a half games out of the division, and the Dodgers are currently winning 6 to nothing. So they're going to – they're probably going to be 18 games out of the division unless they can pull some magic out tonight. So, But, okay, so now you've discussed Austin Riley, which I hoped you were going to discuss. You discussed Shohei Otani. You discussed Andrew Benatarry. And I discussed Mets, Yankees. We discussed the Orioles and what they're doing um, in that Eastern division. And I discussed the Giants' tailspin. What do you got for me as you're wrapping up? What do you got as your kind of your alternate go-to?
1: Uh, I'm going to talk about a division race that people have kind of forgotten about. It's the AL Central. Okay. I think the, the trade deadline is going to impact a lot. You know, the White Sox, despite, you know, literally everything possible going wrong for them are still only three games back, three and a half out in the wild card. Cleveland's right there a game and a half back in Minnesota. I mm. think it's whoever's willing to kind of, you know, go all in at the trade deadline it's going to come out of the top there in the division. I think either either one of those teams, I'm not saying they're going to be like world beaters and win the world series or anything, but I think they could be scary. Sleeper teams come playoff time, especially a team like the white Sox If they get Lance Lynn back, you know, they have a competent lineup. They have a good enough rotation and they have a strong back end of the back end of the bullpen. Middle relief corps could use some help. But again, that's a trade deadline if they can address those needs. It, it could be a scary team come playoff time. You just got to get into the dance yep. as the Braves, the Braves showed last year, and then you play your best baseball.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. I don't talk about last year. Last year didn't, uh, I don't remember what happened. I had amnesia. I don't, once you got to the National League Championship Series, I don't remember what happened.
1: Once Tyler Matzik came in, it all just kind of faded to black. <laughs> Something.
0: Something like that. All right, what else do you got for me on your, your, uh, your back half of this?
1: I mean, all-star game was modern baseball at its finest, strikeouts and home runs. Just on a side note, Stanton hit that ball a country mile out of Dodger stadium.
0: He did. He did. Not only did he hit it a country mile, but I loved the back and forth with the microphone with Nasty Nestor and Jose, and I loved the tribute to Jackie Robinson at the beginning and yeah. Rachel Robinson. I mean that—that stuff I love.
1: So. It was great, and then the home run derby was great. Uh, I know we all—we all picked Tito Alonso to, to win it. I believe that was our prediction. But you know, right? Congratulations to Julio Rodriguez. Who, I mean, the Mariners probably deserve mention. Congratulations to the Mariners for propelling yourself into the wild card race. Right now they're fifty-four and forty-five, one game back in the wild card. I mean, Julio Urias or Julio Rodriguez? Not Julio Urias, excuse me, wrong team. Julio Rodriguez in my in my eyes should get some down ballot MVP votes just with how he's playing and how important he will.
0: He will. He just won't. There's too many guys, you know, judges like killing it right now. Judge judge looks looks like
1: Babe Ruth incarnate out there. So exactly. (laughs)
0: All right. So my wrap up Jackson is going to be this. Okay. I'm going to talk about the wild card in both races for a second. First, the AL wild card, you got Toronto, Seattle and Tampa Bay. Okay. But Toronto is only a game and a half up. Uh, Seattle's only a game up. And then Tampa Bay is that third spot. Cleveland's three out and Baltimore's – I'm sorry, Cleveland's two out and Baltimore's three out. Nobody would have ever expected Seattle and or Baltimore to be in there this year. Nobody. If At the beginning of the season, if you talked about this, you would have heard the three wild card spots are going to go to Tampa Bay. They're going to go to um, the – the Red Sox, and they're probably going to go to Toronto, right? It's going to be yeah. an all-American League East. Is, is that safe to say, Jackson, at the end of the season?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some of us were hopefully optimistic for the Angels, but, I mean, the general consensus, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then, then you go into the the National League Wild Card, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge your have a lock on it, for a second. Not to be that guy, but you've got Atlanta who's six and a half up, San Diego, who's two and a half up. You got St. Louis, who's even, Philly, who's a half a game out. Now we've talked about the Giants and how much they're struggling. They're three and a half out. Uh, Miami's five out. Okay. But here's why I'm going to challenge your concept of the Braves. And I'm not picking on the Braves, but here's where I'm going to challenge this for a second. In August, the Braves have two at home with Philly. Then they have five with the Mets in a weekend series in Flushing's. Then they got two with Baltimore. They've got four, which is another doubleheader with Miami in Miami. Then they've got four with the Mets at home and four with the at Astros at home. You've got Pittsburgh uh, for three. You've got St. Louis for three. You got the Rockies for two. The majority of the, first of all, there's two doubleheaders in there, mm-hmm. but the majority of the teams that you're playing are either playoff bound or fighting for their life for playoff spots. So even though the Braves are two, would, I would say you got a, a complete stranglehold on it if it weren't for the fact that you're going to play the Mets nine times and the Phillies twice and the Marlins four times. Um, my only thing is, is even though you guys are, are fighting for it too, you're playing teams that – now if it were Pittsburgh and Chicago, the Cubs that you were playing and the Diamondbacks, I'd say, giddy up, yeah, you guys have got it locked in. But you guys got a rough August. Um, now, Seattle gets a little or I'm sorry, uh, September gets a little better for you because you got Colorado, Miami, Oakland, Seattle, the Giants, uh, Philly again, the Nationals, Philly again, the Nationals, and then you end with the Mets. So you have a lot of teams in there that you can beat up on. Get through August, though. So what do you have to say? I mean, I think i mean, August, I'm wrong. It's OK. August,
1: yeah, August is the make or break month. I mean, that five game series against the Mets probably going to decide the division. You know, if they end up splitting, it's gonna it's gonna go round two at the end of the month, yeah. <laughs> which I, I think it's gonna, you know, so they're either gonna split or someone's gonna take three out of four, more than likely. Yeah. Uh, but and you- uh, I I think, you know, the Braves play Philadelphia fairly well. They play teams like St. Louis very well. I, as a Braves fan, you know, I' confident in the general manager Alex Anthopoulos and making a move at the trade deadline if they can get another serviceable starter. I'll feel a little bit better about it because if they can get one more starter, that's more consistent in the rotation. I think the Braves have a shot, you know, because their offense on any given day is probably as good as it gets in the MLB when the lineup's fully healthy. So, you know, you, you feel pretty good, you know, one through nine with the guys you have in the lineup. And then, you know, you just need a solid enough pitching performance. So I think it's going to, it's going to test Atlanta, but I mean, you kinda of, you kinda of saw it this year early on, you know, they struggled. And then I know they kind of got that win streak on some weak some weaker teams per se, but it still takes some some grit, you know, to grind back in to get as close to the Mets as they have. And not they, they don't seem complacent. They still seem hungry. And that's gonna be kind of like the big factors. Who wants it more in the wild card? And I think the Braves, despite winning the World Series last year, this team feels like, you know, they have they have something to prove still. Yeah, to Kind of play with that chip on their shoulder.
0: So so you nailed it correctly, Jackson. Honestly, if they play like they did in April, May, where you guys were just limping along in August, you're in trouble. But if you play like you guys have been playing and Austin Riley stays as hot as the weather is out there in Atlanta, you guys, no doubt. I mean, I you still have a chance for the division. You still have, you know, you're in the wild card spot. But like you say, August is going to make or break you. And it's it's a weird month because you still have you play the Phillies well except for this last week where you lost two out of three you play the Phillies well
1: that that Monday game was one of the weirdest baseball games I've ever seen
0: amen a (laughs) freaking man like I've been watching a lot of baseball lately and I gotta tell you there's some weird stuff and some of it was coming out of Philly this last week.
1: (laughs) I mean the inside the park home run today too was just like kind of like the cherry on top for this week where I'm like now I've seen it all
0: yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go, but I, I honestly for, and I've said this before a million times, and and we're wrapping this up, folks that are listening to this. Normally these only go about ten minutes, but Jackson and I, have, we're covering two weeks here, folks. We're covering two weeks, <laughs> two weeks. Um, the thing that the thing that is good about baseball is it's good when certain teams are good, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, the Braves, right, the Cardinals, um, the Cubs, the White Sox, you know. No disrespect to certain fans, but who's going to watch an Indians, uh, Indians Rockies World Series, right? Except for people in Cleveland, except for people in Denver, right? So it, you've got to have these certain teams. So it's great for baseball when Atlanta is doing what they're doing. I'm, and the Phillies are also in that mix too. I, I, it's good for baseball when the Phillies are there. I'm super excited to watch these races. I have said since the beginning The ALE or the NL East is the place to watch because if you sleep on the Phillies, they'll come up and they'll take that wildcard spot from you. Right. Those nine games. If you lose seven of those nine games to, to New York, by the way, you're not catching the division at that point. Yeah. But Philly can sneak up right behind you, get into that wildcard spot and overtake that number one spot for you. So it's a division to watch. You guys have a great division there and it's good for baseball. And I absolutely love it. That's all I have to, you know. I'm I'm not hating on Braves fans. I'm not hating on Phillies fans. I ain't hating on Mets. You guys are just a great division. It's fun to watch, right? I mean, the Dodgers are 11 and a half over the Padres right now. What are the odds that the Padres are going to catch the Dodgers? They could. Probably not though, right? I'm not. I'm not too overly concerned about it. Now I say that knock on wood, you know, but. You know, when, when we've got our last five games are against Colorado at home. Okay. Yeah. Your last three games are against the Mets at home. <laughs> so yeah. that may still be worth something. Anyways, Jackson, did we catch it all tonight? Did we do it all tonight? I, I, I think so. I think they've heard us ramble on and on. <laughs> I, I know they're like, it. what are they going to say at the end? All I'm going to say at the end is Jackson's amazing and what code do we use for Merchandise Jackson? We use code Jackson around here. Uh, is code Jackson. Exactly. So, Top Fans, hopefully you enjoyed this bi-weekly update, which will start being weekly again. Um, if you have any questions or, or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us via Instagram or our uh, Twitter accounts, and we'd love to talk to you some more. Jackson goes by Top fan Stats Guy. He is the resident stats guy. If He doesn't know it. Nobody knows it. Just so that, you know, I'm giving him that credit. Uh, I'm just, you know, Jackson's a stats guy. I'm just the pretty voice or whatever they call it. I'm just the guy that Jackson takes along for the ride. But anyways, top fans sure to appreciate listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon.